Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. It feels like it's been a long time since I've been up here and actually spoke, even though we were up here a couple weeks ago doing, doing the mission trip thing. Um, but last week, Aaron started this new series on friending. And, and does anybody remember what the theme was last week, what the, what the catchphrase was? Show me. You're, but he's reading it from the PowerPoint slide, so he's got that down. <laughs> show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. That's, that's, that's a true statement, isn't it? Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Another way to say it is your friends will always determine the quality and direction of our lives. Our friends will always determine the quality and direction of our lives. Solomon, the wisest man ever, thousands and thousands of years ago, said this in Proverbs 13.20, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Now, last week's message laid down the groundwork for this series, and, and, and so I'm just going to go out there and, and throw out a whole bunch of confessions. Uh, Facebook, while I don't post a whole bunch on Facebook, first thing in the morning, I check my Facebook. And the last thing before I go to bed, I check my Facebook. And if I wake up at 12.30 in the morning to go to the bathroom, well, I might as well check my Facebook. Uh, I'm, I'm addicted to it. I, I like the likes. I like seeing the likes on the pictures that we post up there. I can say that I primarily put, put it up there so my family and other states can see the stuff, but, but really I, I like seeing the number click up high. And, and, and there's a part of me that think that that's kind of relationship, right? That, that that's a, that obsession with Facebook is a part of my relationship. I got five, 600 friends on Facebook. And, and, and then last week when, when Aaron challenged us to write down the names of five of her closest friends, I struggled. I struggled. So I've got a lot of friends. A lot of you I consider friends. But when I look at close friends, when I look at the, the, the friends that have a significant impact on my life, the people that I could call at 2 o'clock in the morning and say, here's where I'm hurting, I, I was challenged. I was challenged to come up with those five. And, and in, in groups of the people that I, sh- I, I talked with this week, they were challenged too. That, that then some of the conversations, people say, well, you know, I, I, had, I have two or I had three, but now I'm at, now I'm at zero and, and it's not that they're not friends with people, but, but, there, but, there's, but there's something missing. And, and while my wife is my best friend, if I, if I remove her from my list of five, it got, it got a little hard. It, it got a little challenging. I felt, I felt as, as the Connect Pastor, my job is relational. As the, as the Connect Pastor, in my personal life, I felt like something was missing. So, something's kind of wrong. And, and, and I was challenged by this this week. And, and I know that other people were as well. Now, sociologists, this is like going to be my, my kind of smart thing. Sociologists uh, have written that there are three types of poverty. There's three types of poverty. The first one is, is uh, and I got to read it, is material poverty. Everybody knows what material poverty is, Right? You don't have enough stuff. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough food. Your housing situation kind of sucks. You, you, you are poor in a material sense. We all understand what that is. Second type of poverty is spiritual poverty. 
that you got all this stuff. You know, I, I got the money, I got the house, I got, I got the food, I got everything that I need, but, but there's a spiritual poverty. There's, there's something that you know that's this inside that's missing in your relationship with not just a God, but with, with God. And, and, and my hope is that, you know, one of the reasons that you're here is to see that change, that, that, that what spiritual poverty you might feel is, is, is seeing fixed here, that this is a, a first step to seeing that fixed. But the third type of poverty, and, and one that we probably don't even realize that we're in, is relational poverty. There are people all around us, but, but we have no real connections. That you can, you can walk through life, you can walk through a Sunday morning service, come to this room that's got 50, 60 people in here, maybe shake a hand, maybe say hi, and then walk out, and, and then something's kind of missing. That there's this, this relational poverty that, that impacts us severely, that something is wrong and something is missing. Anybody here been to a third world country? I know we got a, a, a small handful of people that, that have been to a third, country, third world country recently. My first trip outside of the United States to a third world country was about six years ago to Nicaragua. And I remember going thinking that I was going to feel so bad for these people because they don't, they don't have electricity, they, they poop in concrete outhouses, that there's no TV, they got no computers, there's no Facebook. What do you do without Facebook? There's, that they're lacking in food, they're lacking in all of, of the material things that, that we relish and that we enjoy. And when I got there, that is exactly what I felt. Walking around the villages and seeing how people were living was, was crushing. But then like two or three days into it, something started to shift. And I felt, oh, I, I think I'm kind of jealous of these people. That, that I was missing something. That when you see these communities of people, you see a community of people. There are people there that because they are so materially poor that they have to rely on each other. And there are three, four, five generations of family that, that might be living in a house that I wouldn't want to live in by myself, but, but these communities of, of families and neighbors that are working together, living together, supporting each other. And, and there was relationships that, that I realized, oh, you know, I don't, I don't have. This, I'm kind of bummed for my kids that they don't, they don't get to see these people in their lives all the time. And in a third world country, you get to see how, how the material poverty can, can lead itself to amazing relational wealth. Stunning relational wealth. And we are missing that. We can walk through a day and realize that something is wrong, something is missing, that, that maybe it's someone is missing. Is, is someone missing in your life? And that's what leads us to our thought for today. You might be one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. You might be one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. In the, in the book of Acts, we get to see the Apostle Paul and, and how one relationship changed the course of his destiny. Paul wanted to preach. Paul wanted to preach, and in Acts, we, we, we get to see what's going on here for, for this little segment of his life. So when Saul, Saul is Paul before he became Paul, so Saul's, Saul's his name before Paul, came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. We'll just look at this section right here. So as Saul, Saul was the chief persecutor of Christians. 
Saul was the dude that he was like the Pharisee of Pharisees, and, and he was leading the charge on, on the assault of Christians. And so he shows up to this group of Christians, and, and they're like, you know, I, I don't really think I want you in my grow group. We know who you are. You, you, you go, go somewhere else. So, so they're, they're afraid of him. But Barnabas, Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. So Barnabas puts his own credibility on the line. Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. God used one person to radically change the course of Paul's life. And, and that, one, that one person leads Paul to a place where he writes most of the New Testament and is, is the Christian of Christians. He was the Pharisee of Pharisees, and now he is the Christian of Christians. He is the missionary of missionaries. And, 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 and who knows how many people, you guys are impacted by the relationship that Barnabas had with Saul. We might be one Barnabas away from seeing our destiny change. Now, now I, I, can, I, I can say it hopefully, kind of comfortably, that, that uh, when we look for a new friend, when we come to a church gathering and you're new to a church, who are the people that you are going to traditionally gravitate towards? Me, as an old fat dude, I'm going to gravitate probably to the other old fat dudes. The 20-year-old will probably gravitate towards the 20-year-old. The 70-year-old will probably gravitate towards the 70-year-old. When we're looking for a Barnabas, when we're looking for that, for that other friend, for that person that, that might change the destiny of our lives, we need to like, kind of open, open up our view of who's around us. Some of the people that have the, had the most impact on me were 20 years older or 20 years younger. Not that, that I have a problem with people that are my age, like 39, 30, 37. But there, there are experiences that other people have that I don't have, both older and younger, that, that I desperately need. So my challenge to you is, is that when we go through this sermon, when you're thinking about the people that, that are those people that we're going to be looking at, don't pigeonhole into, well, they got to be like me. they got to be like me because, because they don't. We learn more from, from the people that are not like us. Don't put limitations on the people that are around you. Now, to continue on here, we're going to look at the life of David. And we're going to look at three people that were in David's life that helped change the course of his destiny. Now, listen closely as we go through this, because it's very possible that one of these people, or two of these people, or three of these people are missing in your life. And these are not the people that are just like, that like playing the same video games as us, or eating the same food, or, 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 or doing the same stuff as us, but... But, but they have a significant impact on us. So we're going to look at three people that David had in his life. Samuel, Jonathan, and Nathan. And the first person is Samuel. Samuel to David was a friend who made him better. We all need a friend who makes us better. So if we look at David's story, God rejected Saul as king. Now this is a different Saul. This is the Saul of the Old Testament, the Saul who was king. God rejected Saul as king, and God chose Samuel to find and anoint the next king, that he was the prophet that was going to 
point out the next king. So God sends Samuel to the house of Jesse, and, and, and Jesse's got all these kids. And, and so Samuel goes up, and he goes up to the first boy, the oldest boy, the strongest boy, the best-looking boy, and he goes, this is probably him, right? And God says, nope. And then he goes to the next boy. The, well, this is him, right? This, this, this guy looks like a stud, too. Like, nope, that's not him. And he kept on going down the line until he got to the run to the litter. The, the little shepherd boy, David. When VeggieTales was, was like the little asparagus, right? So he, 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 wasn't, he wasn't the biggest, boldest asparagus. He was the tiniest asparagus. And, and God said, that's who I want. He let Samuel know, that's who I want. That you look, at the outer, you look at the outer person. You look at the things that man looks at. But I'm looking at the heart. And God shared with Samuel that he's got the heart that I want. And so Samuel... Samuel gets to anoint David as king. Nobody in his family would have had any clue. Nobody would have had any clue that, that David was, was that person. But Samuel, Samuel listened to God and spoke into his life. And in, and in that instance, Samuel made David's life better. In 1 Samuel 16, 12, 13, Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel made David's life better. So who are our friends? Who are the people that, that, that make our lives better? A lot of our friendships just kind of come accidentally. You know, the, our, our friends are our coworkers at work. Our friends are... People from school, those are our Facebook friends that we, you know, they're technically friends because they're on our friends list. Or they're our next door neighbor. They're, they're these people that are just kind of like generally in our life. And, and while they may be good friends, do those friends make us better? They might be the people that we watch the OSU game, which are like really, really bad friends. <laughs> do, they, do, they make us, do they make us better? No. I would make you better. No else you. I've, I've got one of those friends. One of those friends for me is a guy named Mark Painter. Mark Painter, uh, I, am, I am young enough to be his son. And, and I've known Mark Painter for, for a number of years. And, and when I wrote down my list of five, Mark Painter was, was one of those dudes. I don't see Mark very often anymore. I, I see him a handful of times a year, but... But in our last congregation, he was, he was a very close friend. He was an encourager. The, the man was just amazing with his words. And, and as I was the pastor of this other church, he was one of the guys that spoke into my life and, and encouraged me and made me better. Watching his life, his relationship with his wife impacted how I, how I live with my wife. And it, and it made me better. Financially, he would... He would share with me how he works his finances and challenge me too. Mark made me better. Mark, Mark made me probably a whole lot better. And, and, and if you hear this, I love you, Mark. I should send him a text, send him a text after this and just tell him I love him, Mark. Mark. Mark was an important person in my life. He brought me closer to God. He brought me closer to my wife. He brought me closer to being financially correct in, in my dealings. Do you have this friend do you have this friend that makes you better? Do you have someone in your life that, that makes you better at the things that matter most? We do a lot of things. 
But the things that matter most, if you're hanging out with people whose, whose marriages are a mess, they're probably not going to help your marriage get better. If you're hanging out with people whose financial status is just like wretched and they're borrowing money from you all the time or, or whatever that scenario is, they're probably not going to make you better financially. If you're hanging out with, with church people that, that are not plugged into the body of Christ, guess what? They're probably not going to help make you better. We desperately need these people in our lives that make us better. And at the same time, God wants to use you to make others better as well. God wants to use you as well. Proverbs 27, 17 is, Iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. That in this search, you don't just look for someone that makes you better. You, f- you figure out, how, well, how, how can I make this person better? And that's not from like an all high and mighty, like I'm freaking awesome, I'm going to show you how to be good. It's, it's because we desperately need one another. We desperately need one another. And, and just, you know, as we go through, don't miss out on the blessing that, that comes with, with being that friend. We need a friend who makes us better. That might be the one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. The second friend that David had was Jonathan. Jonathan was a friend who helps you find spiritual strength. Every single one of us who follows Christ We need others to help us find spiritual strength. On our own, we are in trouble. On our own, we are in trouble. So we're going to fast forward in David's life. David has been anointed the next king. He's this war hero. they got songs being sung about him. Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his ten thousands. Saul gets to hear these songs, and he's not really too pleased with them. They, they, they irk him, they get him angry, frustrated, and, and in, that, in that jealousy, King Saul decides to have David killed. Saul wants David killed because he's getting the glory. And in 1 Samuel we see, while David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come to take his life. And Saul's own son, Jonathan, went to David Horesh and helped him find strength in God. David, the God-anointed king, needed strength. He needed others around him to support him. Now, I'm going to assume and hope, and hope, that nobody's got a bounty on their head here. Raise your hand if, you're, if you've got somebody that's trying to kill you. Excellent. That's a, good, that's a good place to be. However, even though we might not have somebody that's targeting us to, to have us killed, we all struggle with temptations. We struggle with stress. We struggle with worry. We struggle with discouragement. We can feel beat down that we've lost hope. We think there's no way out of the pressure that we're in, that life has just, has, has just got us crushed and down. And what we need is a friend that will support us and help us find spiritual strength. I've shared that I was a pastor at a congregation previous. Um, this is actually the six-year anniversary of our closing this weekend. And after we closed, I went through this period of, we just call it our dark period, that we had, we had launched this church, um, we ran with it for almost seven years, and then we closed it. And, and after we closed, and, and Sundays were no more, I just kind of went into hiding. 
I went into hiding. I went to a sister church in Canal Winchester where the pastor knew me, but nobody else, and that was my hidey hole. That was my place to just kind of like still run the course. I'm going to church. My kids are going to church, but you know, this really kind of sucks. And I hid. And I hid for six months. I hid for six months. And about six months later, I happened across uh, a dude who was willing and interested, interested and willing to sit with me and hear my story and talk with me. And, and on a Tuesday morning, he came over and he hung and he talked with me. And, and I, was, I was in a bad place and I was in a bad place for, for quite a while afterwards, but he came every Tuesday. This dude came every Tuesday and sat on my front porch and encouraged me. And I got to a place where I could encourage him. And he was praying for me. And, and he was a dude that helped change the course of my destiny. He was, he was giving me spiritual strength. This, he, was, he was a man that would sit there with me and listen to me gripe and groan and, and be a, a whiny, moany baby. And gave me strength to walk on out of it. And six years ago, three years ago, if I was sharing this story, I'd probably be getting a little choked up. I'm a little choked up, but not because, like, I really, I really am still feeling that dark period. The dark period's gone. And, and part of that reason is because of this friend who would sit with me and talk with me and give me spiritual strength. Do you have this person? Do you have this person that when you're down, they lift you up? Do you have this person that when you're alone, they'll come and hang with you and comfort you? Do you have this person that at, at, at midnight, they wake up, and they're, uh, you're on their heart, and they pray for you? And the next morning, they let you know, you know, I was up. I was thinking about you. I think God had me, had me praying for you or, or passed you along a scripture. I'm not quite sure what this is for, but here, I think this is for you. Do we have those people in life? Do you have that person in your life? Do you have at least one of them? Because, it, because if you don't, you might be one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. We need a friend that makes us better. We need a friend who helps us find spiritual strength. But then we also need a friend like Nathan, a friend who tells us the truth. So David, we're just continuing on in David's story. Later on in David's story, he's, he's a man after God's heart. You know, he was, he was the man that that God loved, and God was blessing him. And David took his eye off of God and put it on Bathsheba. And he committed adultery, and he broke the heart of God, and he put his, his kingdom in jeopardy because of, of the choice that he made. And he had no clue as to the gravity of what he did. And God sent him Nathan. So Nathan tells David the story about this, this guy that's got like all these animals, lots of sheep, lots of cows, incredible wealth. And then there's this other guy who's got a lamb. He's got this one little lamb. It's his, his pet baby lamb, and, and they were doing life together. And this traveler comes through, and, and, they, and, he, and he goes to the guy that's got everything, and he tells him that he's hungry. So the guy that's got everything, instead of sacrificing one of his own animals, he takes the lamb, which at this time is junior asparagus too, right? So he takes the lamb, and he slaughters that, and he feeds that to the, to the guest. And, and as Nathan is telling David the story, David's going, Whoa, that guy's a loser. He is a, 
he is wrong. He should be put down. He should be, th- this, is just, this is just insane. And what's Nathan's response? You. You're that man. Na- Nathan was, was the friend that, that came and told David the truth. And if you read Psalm 51, you get to hear the, the pain that David was going through in his prayers as he responds to the truth that Nathan brought to him. And he wasn't complaining about Nathan. Can you believe that guy told me that? He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. That was me. Do we have that friend? Do we have that friend that will tell us the truth? Nathan was the friend that told David the truth. When was the last time you had someone tell you the truth? A lot of our friends don't. They want to just kind of keep the peace, maintain the peace, want to keep on having fun. But, but a lot of our friends just, just don't have the guts to tell us the truth. When was the last time you had a friend that loved you enough to say, don't go there, buddy. You're going to hurt your marriage. You're going to hurt your testimony. Your family's going to suffer financially. This is just a horrible choice for you. Those statements can be uncomfortable. They can hurt. We could get offended. It may get in the way of what we think we want and what we want to do. But how many times have you been thankful for the friend that stepped in and said, dude, don't do that. And how many times do you wish you had a friend that would have stepped in and said, dude, don't do that. Or to say, dude, you shouldn't have done that. Go fix it. Make the apology. Go seek forgiveness. This is something that I, that I hope I have this relationship with my kids, that when my kids do something typical kid-like, to be able to lovingly tell them the truth and say, hey, you got to go fix this. This is just not going to go well for you. I can do that with my kids. Do I have people that are doing that with me? Do you have people that are doing that with you? You need a friend who tells us the truth. And if you don't have that person, you might be one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. You may never become the person that God wants you to have because you are relationally impoverished. If you continue with one or two close friends, this is not really what God wants for you. You know, we're a community. Church is a community. We're a body. We're a family. And to be able to walk through church life with just one or two friends, if that is unfortunate. Look at this room. Look at this room. This room is full of people. This room is full of people that that might only have one or two friends. God's brought this community together to, to hopefully, prayerfully, as a pastor, see that change. That's That's one of the things that we desire to see change is the relationships that we have with each other. And in that community, we get to do life together. And when you look at all the one another's in Scripture, that's the only way you can do it. You can't do one another by myself. I can't do one another with a friend that I know and I see every three, four months. We're supposed to have people that we regularly pour into one another, that we regularly encourage one another, that we give to one another, that we bless one another, that we love one another we might be one friend away from changing the course of our destiny.
are you struggling with relational poverty? Is that your struggle? Take a look at your, clo- at your current friends. If, if your close friends are addicted, divorced, messed up financially, odds are you're just going to have more of the same. It's just going to be the same old, same old. That, that you might continue to have the same old lukewarm relationship with, with God that all your friends have around you as well. And that is not what he desires for you. You might have a life that is self-centered and is all about you, and that is not what God wants for you. You might have your life that is revolved around just gathering as much junk as I possibly have so that, so that I can look cool and be happy with my stuff, and that is not what God wants for you. You might be one friendship away from changing the course of your destiny, from, from having a better marriage, from becoming the parent that, that you want to be, from getting over addiction, from being a stronger leader, from tapping into what God is doing in the church, or maybe just meeting Jesus Christ in the first place. You might be sitting here and, and have no clue who Jesus is. You might be one friend away from that introduction being personal. What do you need to do to have those kind of friends? What do our parents tell us? If you want to have those kind of friends, you've got to be that kind of friend. In all these instances, making someone better, giving somebody spiritual strength, and telling them the truth, you've, you've got to, to receive that. You've got to be willing to be that. That you've got to be, able, you've got to be willing to, to step out of your comfort zone and build a relationship with someone, more ones. In, in one of my groups this week, when we were sitting around talking about this, like, how are we going to respond to, to this, this aspect of, of being a friend with someone? Their, their response was, well, this week I will talk with people. Because that's the first step, right? But you've got to be willing to talk with people. I know, I, I know for some people that's, that's a struggle. Oddly enough, that's kind of a struggle for me. I have to make myself do it. I have to make myself talk to people. But it's possible. And because of that, I have, I have some closer friends, and relationships are starting to build. We've got opportunities all around us, especially here at Simple Church, as to how you can get connected more, how you can start building those relationships we got starting point happening right after service. So starting point, if you show up, you'll at least have a conversation with Pastor Aaron. But there might be other people in that room that, that you get to meet as well. Some new people that are also struggling to figure out where is it that I belong? Is Simple Church the place I'm supposed to be? Are the relationships here for me? Starting point is, is a starting point. I'm going to finish up early today. You know what that means? That there's a big gap between first and second service. And instead of bolting out of here real quick, well, maybe you just need to stick around a little bit longer, hang at the cafe with Zach, and see who else shows up for coffee. I'll probably be there. And then I'll guide you to somebody else to talk to. Because as much as I want to talk to you, I want you to talk to other people too. And then we have grow groups. We have grow groups. If you're, if you're interested in meeting other people and, and getting to, 
to attach some names to faces and understand people's stories, I would highly encourage you to check out some of the grow groups. They're still all accessible. Everything online. You can go on, go on the app and find uh, the grow group section, and there are, there are places that you can get plugged in if you like drinking coffee, if you like shooting guns, if you like eating food, if you like watching movies. How'd the movie one go last night? Excellent. If you like playing Pokemon, they, they will actually talk, you'll talk to each other. They won't, you won't just be, I got this critter. But those are, those are intentional opportunities for you to, to connect with other people, meet some other people. And, and prayerfully have conversations with these people. When we have our grow group on Tuesday nights, that's one of my prayers. One of my prayers on Tuesday night is that we can get through the stuff that we need to know to get to a place where we're sharing what we need to share. And I love my grow group. I've totally enjoyed the conversations that we've had, even though they probably think some of them are a little awkward and uncomfortable. I love awkward and uncomfortable. But I would, I would challenge you. Find a place to get plugged in. Iron sharpens iron. Walk with the wise. These are the people that you want to get connected with. You want to be a person that people want to get connected with. Take that opportunity. And ultimately, the friend that we want you to know the best, the most, the one that is going to have the largest impact is Jesus himself. that that spiritual poverty aspect is, is significant. That it's, it's one thing for us to come together and, and build relationships, but, but as, as a pastor, as a believer, as a follower in Christ, our desire is to see not just church become a social thing. We want to see you plug into the life of Christ and see what he has got for you. And that connected to him and through him, you can be the person that will make somebody else's life better. He will give you the strength and the spirit to lift somebody else up in spiritual strength. And he will tell you the truth and offer you up the truth to share to others. And he'll equip you to receive the truth as well. If this is not you, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, probably anything that I have to say is not going to be the, the tipping point for you. The tipping point is, is the Spirit saying something to you that you hear, that you, you see, you feel something is missing. I know that when I came to Christ, I shared with my wife that something was missing and that something was a someone. It wasn't a friend. It wasn't somebody that I needed to come over on Tuesday nights to hang and talk with. It wasn't somebody that I needed to show up on my front porch. It was the risen Lord. It was Jesus. He was what I was missing. And he let me know that. He let me know that. And if that's you, if you don't know him, but you, but you hear something, and you, you hear it in your, in your head, you hear it in your mind, you hear it in your heart that, that someone is missing and that's, that's Jesus telling you, I, 
I'm missing. Come, come to me. Come know me. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do the the prayer walk through the invitation. But, but I would. I would challenge you that if that is you, that instead of writing it on a connect card, come talk to me. I would love to hear that story. I know that story. Come grab me afterwards. Doesn't matter who I'm talking to. Come grab me. And I would love to hear that. I would love to hear that story. I would love to pray for you and give you the encouragement that I can give and maybe point you in the direction to get closer to him. Because that's where we desire you to be. He is the one friend that will ultimately change the destiny of your future. You want him. I'm going to pray us out before we do offering. Um, I am probably going to totally mangle this back end of service because I haven't had the opportunity to walk through it yet, so you're my test subjects. I'm going to pray for us now, and then we're going to do offering, so the offering dudes with your buckets, go ahead and get ready. Um, Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for this group of people that have come here to gather together uh, ultimately to hear you and to worship you you and to be with you and father i lift up i lift up this body i pray for the individuals here that they have a desire to be the friend that we see that david had that they have the desire to seek out the friends that david had that that they that that we don't just walk out of here and go oh that was a good message i probably need those people but but that you give us you give us the motivation to actually do something about it. I prayed that for me as well. My list was way too short. My list was way too short. And I know that's not, that's not what you want for us. So I pray that, that you give us your spirit, we give, that you give us boldness, that you give us uh, the sight and understanding to know who these people are and how to be those people, Father. Change our community through the relationships within our community.